Hello, my name is Trent Reinsmith, and you are listening to the September 8th edition of the Daily Come On Now MMA podcast. Today's topics Brendan Schaub actually compared the UFC to Rosa Parks. Yeah, that happened. UFC 254, time change, and I'm okay with that. Betch Cohera is getting a UFC retirement fight, and there's probably a good reason for that. Are fighters who turn down fights for health and safety reasons getting time added to their UFC deals? Uh, Tyron Woodley says he's going to let his hands go against Colby Covington, and he might even punch Covington in the quote-unquote sack. Why are so many fighters interested in fighting Nick Diaz? The same Nick Diaz who hasn't won a fight since 2011. And UFC fighters should heed the words of retired UFC fighter Nate Quarry. On with the show. I want to get this out of the way so I'm not thinking about it the whole episode here and mulling it over and trying to figure it out and just not being able to comprehend what is going on but today I think it was today I, I just well it's today for me because I just saw it today Brandon Schaub compared Brandon Schaub compared the UFC to Rosa Parks because it staged events during the COVID-19 pandemic so let me just repeat that in case you know you think you're going crazy for hearing something that asinine. Brendan Schaub compared the UFC to Rosa Parks for putting on UFC events during the COVID-19 pandemic. Yeah. So I don't know what the comparison was supposed to mean or where it was going, but it was bad and dumb and no. So... The UFC staged events during the COVID-19 pandemic, and still are. We know that. But the UFC staged those events not to do anything for anyone else. The UFC's prime focus in staging those events was to get to 42 fight cards for the year, which would kick off, from what I've read, a $750 million payment from ESPN, which is in the contract, which this is reported. So the UFC didn't do this to for anyone but the UFC. Some fighters will make some money for, from it, and that's fine, but those fighters were a means to an end. If the UFC could have done all this without the fighters... And without paying the fighters, well, it would have. It had to pay the fighters. So don't think that the UFC is doing this with the focus being on getting people money. The UFC's focus is getting 42 fight cards. And if you think otherwise, look at some of the fight cards we've seen that have been put on. The UFC is just using as any, any warm bodies at this point to stage these events and that's fine that's fine I don't have a problem with that but know the reason why that's what I have a problem with that the the idea is still out here that 
the UFC is out staging these events so these fighters can earn, you know, 12 and 12. That's not why. That's not why. So, Rosa Parks had cops waiting, waiting for her at the end of her bus ride. UFC has $750 million waiting for it at the end of 2020. So, don't, 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 don't do this. Don't compare these things. Never a good thing to do that. It looks dumb. It makes you look insensitive at best and stupid at worst. So, take that for uh, what it's worth. So I just saw on Twitter that Dana White reported during his um, media scrum after the Contender Series on Tuesday night here that UFC 254, which is going to happen at Bite Island, excuse me, Abu Dhabi, stop with that Fight Island shit, is going to happen in Abu Dhabi. And he said that it's going to go off at uh, primetime over in... In Europe, I don't know exactly who's going to get the prime time, or what the, what the uh, time zone breakdowns are over there. But what I do know is that that means I, I think that means that it's going to be on in the afternoon here in um, North America, and I'm okay with that. In fact, I would prefer that all events in Abu Dhabi take place. So they're on in the afternoon in North America because it's just more convenient, especially for folks that have to work them. And it gives you time after the event to work so you're not up until 6 a.m. So, yeah, if the UFC decides that it's going to go forward and just do all its Abu Dhabi events during the afternoon in East, in uh, North America, well, all that has my support, my full support i don't remember when but it was a little while ago the usc there was announced that the usc had released beth beth cohera and that release came after she went two five and one since 2015 and then a little while later more recently she announced that she was getting a UFC retirement fight, which struck me as odd because her, I don't know what her big achievement was other than, I mean, her most noteworthy fight was when she got knocked out by Ronda Rousey in 34 seconds. So I don't know why, well, actually, I think I do know why she's getting a UFC retirement fight. And that is because it gives them something to promote for one, but it also gives them a guaranteed fight on that card. And I don't know if you noticed, but there's not a lot of name fighters on these cards these days. And I'm very much convinced that the UFC is having a very hard time booking these events full with known commodities. And that's why we're seeing more and more contender series folks. And that's why we're seeing more people fight multiple times in very short increments because people probably at the top of the at the top of the UFC food chain are not able to train properly 
or get a full training camp in under the COVID-19 restrictions. And so if they can, I think a lot of these folks are opting not to compete because they don't want to step in there uh, at less than optimum. And that makes sense to me. And I, I, was, I support those folks that, one, can do that, and two, are doing it. But I hope that also that the UFC is not punishing them for that decision and extending their contracts and more or less reporting that they are turning down fights because that would be a pretty shitty thing to do during a pandemic when someone puts their health and safety above fighting. But I don't know if that's happening. So normally if you, I think contractually, if you turn down a fight, it adds time to your to your contract. So if the USC offers you a fight at the apex and you don't want to take that fight because you want to make sure you're healthy and there's no chance of you getting COVID-19 and you say, no, no, thank you. I, I don't want to because of COVID-19. I hope that doesn't add another three months or six months or whatever it is in the contract to your, to your, to your deal. Because if you turn down three fights because you're concerned with your safety and health, well, that adds a lot of time to a contract and that is not fair to the fighters. But I would not be surprised if that was the case, that they were adding time. So we'd like some clarification on that. But as we all know, the UFC tends to not share things that it doesn't want to share. If there's been one knock against Tyron Woodley lately, it's been that he's not letting his hands go like he used to. And, and he's not. And I think that's one of the reasons that he's been... Uh, struggling as of late but if there's one person he's going to let his hands go against I'd have to think that person will be Colby Covington and Woodley was asked about this and MMA Fighting has the report when he was on a fan Q&A on Instagram and someone wrote in all caps please let your hands go hands with a Z of course and Woodley replied, I agree with you. I will let my hands go. You fans that are telling me, let your hands go. Let your hands go. I need to let them go. I agree with you. And you have that. You've got my word. And then he said, I'm going to let these hands go. I'm going to let them go upside his head, body. I might even punch him in the sack for the warning. I'll, I'll take the warning or even the point deduction. So whoever's refing that fight, I expect them to have a... Uh, pre-fight talk with Mr. Woodley and let him know that he's probably going to get a point deduction for if he punches him in the quote-unquote sack for <laughs> for this fight. But we'll find out if uh, Woodley's a man of his word on that one. But yeah, if if Woodley's going to let things fly like he like he used to, I would expect that to be against Colby Covington because he does not like that man one bit and I think that if he does that he'll uh, he'll get himself some fans too I believe I believe Woodley will be a hero to many people if he can stop Colby Covington when they meet so we'll see how that goes for for Mr. Woodley 
So we got the report that Nick Diaz is planning a comeback in 2021, and I don't know how true that is, but if he went through the problem of doing a test weight cut, I'm going to believe that it's probably more more true than false. And by now I've made my opinion clear that I don't want to see uh, Diaz fight until everyone, we all know that he is mentally there, emotionally there, and physically there and ready to compete. Once those boxes are checked, I'll, I'll gladly say I want to see Nick Diaz fight. And But it seems that a, a lot of other people, including a lot of fighters on the UFC roster, are not waiting to see that. They're just uh, raising their hands to fight Nick Diaz. And I really have to wonder why. So Diaz hasn't fought since 2015 when both he and Anderson Silva were sanctioned for drug test failures from that fight at UFC, Jesus, 183. And um, Diaz failed for weed and Silva had some steroids in there. Uh, before that, he Diaz lost to George St. Pierre and Carlos Condit. His last win was in October 2011 when he beat up BJ Penn. And his win before that, which was probably his most notable win in rec- recent times, was that one-round one fight with Paul Daly in Strikeforce, which was probably one of the best one-round fights in in MMA history. So we have fighters more or less, I think, from lightweight up to middleweight lining up to fight Nick Diaz when he returns. And these are fighters who are all ranked, and I don't think they should be calling out Nick Diaz, who hasn't fought in five more than five years and hasn't won in going in nine on nine years. And by the time he does come back, it's going to be nine years probably since he he won well more than nine years so what does that fight do for them what what what's what's it going to accomplish is it going to get them a big payday because odds are they're not going to get a share of a pay-per-view fighting Nick, Nick Diaz and I don't think the UFC is going to give anybody a better contract to fight Nick Diaz is it putting a name on their on their record as saying I beat Nick Diaz but you beat Nick Diaz after he came back after five years on the sidelines and let's just say there's some concerns about Nick Diaz what he was doing during those time that time that he was not fighting and so I don't know I don't know what the what they get out of that it's not going to move you up the rankings if you're a, a Leon Edwards or a or a Darren Till or a Jorge Masvidal, and I don't think Masvidal said anything, but I know Till and Edwards did. What does that get you? If you're Conor McGregor, you're already Conor McGregor, so that's just a name at that point, and you're already making more money than than anybody else in the UFC, so McGregor probably sees it as easy fight for him, but I think McGregor also sees every fight as an easy fight for him. Whether that's true or not, his confidence just tells him that. But, and that's no no knock on on Conor McGregor. That's kind of what you need as a fighter. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know what it accomplishes. I just don't know. Um, it's confusing to me to say the least. And 
I think we get into this thing that the turnover in fight fans kind of, they know the name. And they know that it's a name that a lot of the people talk about all the time. But I don't know if they're really considering anything but the name. Um, Nate Diaz is 100% still a fighter that's, while not at the top of his game, he's still a competitive fighter. And I just don't think Nick Diaz is going to be the same fighter he was when he was fighting Carlos Conduct or George St. Conduct. Condit when he was fighting Carlos Condit and and George St. Pierre. I just don't think that's going to be the same guy because we even saw a drop off between the Nick Diaz that fought those folks and that fought Anderson Silva. So I don't see what the appeal is to fighters that are looking to move up other than to say that they beat a 2020 Nick Diaz, which I don't, like I said, I don't know what that really gets you. So, Nate Quarry had some interesting tweets today. John Nash tweeted, What I find interesting is how Nick Diaz is apparently still under contract four and a half years after his last fight. And then Nate Quarry, former UFC fighter, wrote, As am I, 10 years after my last fight, Ali Expansion Act. So, Quarry then followed up with this with a uh, thread, which is important because it just needs to, I think people need to be reminded of this. That even if you retire, if there's contract, if there's fights on your contract, the UFC owns you, and that might sound like hyperbole, but just let's. I'll read what Quarry wrote, and you'll see that it's not hyperbole, and also that the UFC is just a, a business and nothing more at this point. In my last fight, the left side of my face was caved in ultimately requiring 13 screws. Did the surgery through the inside of my cheek, sliced under my nose, and peeled it back to fix it as well. I was able to see high-def CT scans of my skull and the multiple breaks from my life. A while later, my phone rang from the UFC, and he says here, must be checking on me and maybe calling me to thank me for getting off my stool to continue fighting after my face was broken, I naively thought. And the quote for the UFC is, this is to inform me that you that until you are cleared to fight your contract is paused that was 2010 i was already leaning towards retirement and i did it in 2012 live on spike tv on this show i co-hosted with luke thomas i was an emotional wreck crying as i spoke my words i knew i'd never come back the road was ending for me a few days after my announcement i got a form email from the ufc and quote we see you've retired should you choose to come out of retirement you're still under contract with the ufc that was it. A form email digitally signed by Dana White. What's my advice to every fighter? Treat it like a business because everyone around you is. Otherwise, your career will end and you'll be left simply broke and broken. And, and never do a favor for a promoter. Your friends when they need you, but when it's you asking them for something, it's all business. And yeah, this is something I think people, fighters tend to forget, forget and fans tend to ignore. Dana White's not anyone's friend that's a fighter. He'll pretend to be and once you do something to cross him, you're not his friend. We saw this when George St. Pierre beat Johnny Hendricks and said he was going to step away 
for a little while and White went ballistic saying that he owed it, that George St. Pierre owed the UFC and the fans and Johnny Hendricks a fight. And no, no, he, he didn't. He didn't owe anyone anything. But White took that personally and that's, that's the response. George St. Pierre, who had never done anything to cross the promotion, that's what he got for looking out for himself. And if he can do that, if Dana White can do that to George St. Pierre, he can do that to anyone, and he will. He, he'll, he can turn on people in a heartbeat and trash you in the media. And the media will just report that as facts because as I've heard from people before well I'm just reporting what Dana White's saying you could add some context to that and say why Dana what led to Dana White saying that but that rarely happens it happens don't don't get me wrong but it doesn't happen nearly enough it should happen all the time put context to Dana White's words but anyway, yeah, this is a good reminder. If you retire and you got fights on your deal, you're, you're never getting out of that contract unless the UFC folds. And if it folds and someone buys it, you're probably still tied to that contract. And the UFC is not your friend. And if you are going to do a solid for them, get something for it. Or else don't do it. It's not worth it. If you do them a favor and you're on a losing skid and you lose a fight, could you be released? Sure. So why risk that for a favor to the UFC who, as Quarry says, is not going to give you the same kind of respect that you give it? So listen to the folks that have been there. Listen to the folks who... Like Nate Quarry didn't get a $1 million bonus. Listen to the regular, you know, regular fighters. Not the people the UFC quote-unquote likes. And with that, going to call it an evening. I'll be back tomorrow. And until then, stay safe. <laughs>